And also in high school, there's this girl that I'm talking to, and this is the first girl that I'm ever talking to in my life, like flirting with her. But we're hanging out after school and, you know, going to movies together and stuff. And I'm like in love. I'm like, this is the same time that I'm hanging out with Joseph and making videos and stuff. But I'm also like falling in love at the same time. And I just never pulled the trigger on like actually asking her to be my girlfriend. And I'm realizing I'm hanging out with her too much. I need to be focusing on my career. So I eventually told her like, hey, I don't think we should be doing this. I'm still down to go to prom with you, but I think we should just be friends. She was like, okay. That makes sense. Um, she seemed cool with it. But then a week later, she starts dating her ex. And I got so heartbroken, bro. I know I was the one who, who ended things. But I don't know. I, that, that was my first heartbreak. It starts with just taking that leap. Man, you have to work hard. You have to be incredibly smart. Choose something that even if it fails, even if it fails you are going to be proud of. It doesn't matter how badly you got beaten. Be kind, be kind, be kind. Become a better person, a better leader, a better business. Go with your gut. <laughs> I'm Samuel Donner, and this is Finding Founders. You just heard from Isaiah Shepard as he recounted the heartbreak that sent him reeling. But this moment was also the beginning of an enormous creative explosion. Now, if that name doesn't sound familiar, you might recognize a YouTube account called Steezy Kane instead. Operating under this channel name, Isaiah, or Steezy, has amassed 3.6 million followers in the past four years through his popular prank videos. But beyond the singing challenges and the pickup lines with which he initially made a name for himself, there's another side of Isaiah. This Isaiah dreams of expanding the scope of his work to sharp television writing and dynamic short films. He wants to become a serious independent filmmaker, a career that would allow him full creative freedom. Though much of his current work appeals to the masses, Isaiah knows that it's time to enter a different side of the industry, navigating away from seeking virality for virality's sake and towards forging a path into the creative unknown. Yet before Steezy came, before YouTube, before his departure from the mainstream, all Isaiah had was an interest in film and a video camera. I actually want to maybe like starting with uh, your introduction to like filmmaking or even realizing that like film and TV and, and movies like was something that you were passionate or interested in. I, I used to watch a lot of TV when I was little. Um, like I would watch just like Nickelodeon TV shows like Victorious, iCarly, nothing really too somatic, but I was always You're talking about iCarly is a cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was just like, I was always in front of the TV or even watching a karate kid was a huge movie for me. Inception, that movie was also like something that I was always playing Pearl Harbor, just always watching. And I would watch my mom would illegally download these movies onto a hard drive. She would uh, torrent them. And, um, so I would only have a select few movies, like 10. So I would play them over and over and over and over again. Um, because I don't have like a uh, cable or well, I mean, we did have cable, but I, w I would rather watch these hard drive videos on my Xbox, you know, then my mom was, my mom was always against us having technology. But then when I turned 10, she uh, decided to buy me and my brothers a camera and a laptop. Nothing too crazy. It was a $50 camera. You know, she bought that for me and my brothers, but I quickly like just hogged the camera. Like I was the only one using it. I would film everything. I, then I made a film with me and my brothers called The Unbeatable. Terrible film. I was eight years old, but, um, oh yeah, I was eight. 
I, I just use my, my brothers as actors and I just film this 10 minute film with them. I edit it. My dad taught me how to edit on his computer. What kind of movies were you making? So you said like you were making them with your brother, but like and your brothers, but like what, what like was the topics that you were looking at? Uh, the unbeatable that film that I made was like uh, I guess like a thriller horror movie I don't know it was just about like uh, uh, somebody getting possessed and becoming this unbeatable figure I don't know it was it was dumb it was dumb um, no but it's but, cool but that, it like my passion yeah though. yeah yeah what what, what what did I mean your brothers were part of it but like do you remember like any kids at school seeing it like did you want to share this thing that you made or was it like dude no one can know about this so i was a really shy kid at school i didn't talk at all only to the teachers um and i obviously hid my channel from everybody at school because it would be weird for them to see me talking and i would be embarrassed of that then my mom comes home one day and she's like hey i saw one of your friends at my work and i told her about your channel yeah, I got so mad. I, I was like, because I was just like, why would you do that? You know, like I, I was nine years old, but I was just like, I didn't want to go to school the next day. I tried to make myself sick. I, I ate toothpaste because I just did not want to go to school. I go back to school and then one of the girls had my channel name written on her hand. And I was like, oh, it's over. Everybody knows. And everybody was looking at me weird. Then the art teacher comes in, pulls me out of my class. And she's like, hey, I need to talk to you. You're in trouble. She sits me down and she's like, I didn't know you, you had YouTube videos. This is so cool, blah, blah, blah. And she's showing me my videos. And, and I, I was just like, what? What's going on? I was so embarrassed. Everybody's like talking to me about it. But yeah, I hated that so much. Wait, but even after like your teacher was like, this is cool. Was it still was weird for you? I was so embarrassed. Like, I just did not want my classmates to see me in this way, in this creative way, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I, I felt I, I, like I would be judged. I felt yeah. like I would be looked at way differently. Now I feel like I have to be outgoing in school because now they've seen that part of me. But I just want to be quiet. I just want to go to school and just be by myself, you know? Uh, why do you, like, like, why not make the alter ego your, your main ego, you know? I like, I, Yeah, I can't. I don't know. That's not me. That's not me. I like to play a character on screen, but... I can't be that person in real life, you know. When you turned 12, you were saying Disney came to town. So I remember I was in I was in the shower and I heard on the radio that Disney is doing a castings at a Hilton hotel in Austin. So I, I'm very unfamiliar with, with Disney castings. What what the hell like what does that mean? So they come to cities sometimes and they promote it all around the city like hey we're doing casting auditions and they have a bunch of kids come and they just try to find new talent and i told my mom about it i'm super excited so she's like oh yeah cool uh i'll let you and your brother go so me and my brother like get dressed up we have like suits and stuff which you don't really yeah you don't really have to wear suits i don't know why we wore suits and um and then me and my younger brother go uh my mom takes us and they give us a, a little paper with one sentence on it. Um, I think it's something like, I like hot dogs and I went to the park and walked my dog or something like that. And we all wait, all the kids wait in a really long line to go in front of this camera, which is being projected onto this huge room full of everybody. So Bro, are you like, I mean, you're the shy kid though. Yeah, I know. <sighs> I was so, I was so nervous. Dude, I was shaking in line and I was like, oh, am I going to be up there? And they're like, yeah, yeah, of course. And so I get up there and I just say the sentence like, I like hot dogs and I like to walk my dog, like very monotone. 
surprisingly, I did not get a call back. <laughs> um, but my brother did. Really? Yeah, because my brother, he, he read it just so, like, energetic and, like, you know how you're supposed to do it. And I didn't even know that that was going to be the full audition. I was like, okay, when's our audition? You know, but that was it. Um, and then I, like, c- kind of got low-key pressed that my brother got a call back and I didn't because I was always seen as like the film guy you know? yeah and also so was, you're the one that was like pointing out Disney is in town too yeah, like this yeah. is so, your dream as well and your mom's like oh like let's have your brother tag along yeah so I was like damn like um but I think that was like the first time I've ever gotten like envious of anything did that cement anything for you I think that I learned like when I have an opportunity I need to go 100 percent because that I really love that I experienced that that feeling of envy. Um, I mean, it's not it's not a good feeling to have, but I think it showed more like I need to try harder every time I get an opportunity because I don't think I really saw the amount of how big the opportunity was. Yeah, I mean that that could be huge. I let my anxiety take over and stop me from being great. You know. So uh, it it seemed like this. This also experience also maybe gave you a little bit of like, okay, what what is what does acting look like, and maybe how I could get more involved. And so between like age twelve and maybe when you were fourteen, were you did you dive more into acting at all, or was it mainly like, okay, I'm going to dive into the editing? Well, I'm not thinking like that because I I still think that this is like some side hobby thing, especially with editing. I don't see that as a job at all. Like I. I'm just a kid. Even with acting, I don't, I don't, I'm not looking at money. I'm just like, this is what I want to do to have fun. So I don't really see that at all as like a career or something I should pursue. But which one were you just more interested in generally? Both, man. Both, like being, yeah. be, I always said, like, I love to be in front and behind the camera. I'm very nervous being in front of the camera, but I don't know. I also just like want to make people laugh or tell stories. I remember I would just daydream a lot too because I I would just love to come up with scenarios in my head. I would I, there's this one weird fantasy that I've always had in like elementary and middle school, like of like, uh, we're on a school bus and like the school bus falls off a bridge into the water and the bus is being filled up with water and then I have to like save the students. Everybody gets out or stuff. That's Why very do you want to save the students? I don't know. Like scenarios like that that I would just daydream. That sounds a little dark, but like I would just well, it's being the hero, right? Yeah, I just loved like the the story or like thinking of like the camera angles. How would this look in a movie and stuff? I don't know. That's super specific. But. No, but like I think it, I think it shows like maybe a little bit why you wanted to create. It's like about being the hero and maybe like inspiring people and, and helping them, but also doing so in a way that like looks and feels really really good. And I think that's like what most storytellers. Uh, envision for themselves it's like they're leaders in a way um, and they're leading people by their stories yeah and then um, this one Superman movie came out called Man of Steel and there's a scene where a school bus drives off a bridge into the water and, like, I thought about and, that <laughs> and, yeah and then uh, Superman saves the kids and I'm like what the fuck that's my exact thing that I've been yeah So when did you get back into auditioning and doing like more acting stuff? Not until senior year of high school. We could talk about a little bit about getting into Blender. When did you start your first, because you had like a couple, you had four channels before Suzy Kane. The first channel I imagine was when you were 
super young when you're making videos on the flip camera. Yeah. When were the other channels? So I was still using the first channel um, when I was learning Blender. It was around 11 through 14 where I was kind of using Blender. And like what for, for everyone who doesn't know, like what is Blender? Yeah, Bl Blender is like a CGI 3D animation software. You can also, you know, put CGI into real videos and uh, it's a compositing software. I don't know exactly yeah, how to describe it. Visual effects. You can do, you can do visual effects yeah, I in think, it. Yeah. I, th I think y'all got it. But yeah, I just, I spent every day, I'm not even exaggerating, every day on the computer. I'm so thankful my mom and my grandma didn't really mind me being on the computer all the time. Because I know a lot of parents would want me to go outside or, yeah. you know. But at least you're learning, you know. Uh, I don't think they saw it that way, but they still didn't, like, tell me anything. Maybe they did. Um, but literally, like, plus 10 hours a day just learning. <laughs> I'd watch tutorials on YouTube on how to, like, make certain things, how to make fire in, in Blender. Yeah. I did all the same shit, but with After Effects. Oh, with After Effects? Yeah. Oh, that like, too. I use that. That. And I think the thing that's amazing about YouTube is not only is it a place for you to showcase your creations, but I think it was the best playground in which to learn. Like mm -hmm. literally anything that you want to learn, mm -hmm. you could just type in on YouTube and learn it. Yeah. Pe people don't have excuses nowadays. Like people don't, some people don't realize that, yeah, you can just type in a question on YouTube or Google and you can get the answer in seconds. And yeah, you're, you're, I love how you explained it. It's like it was a playground to learn. Like, yeah, I mean, I learned how to do stuff that people were learning at like film school yeah. for free. Yeah, and probably learning it better, like at least more applicable, like to people in film school. And, like, you know, and, film school is not what it sh yeah, should and, be. Yeah, and something interesting. Have you seen Everything Everywhere All at Once? Yeah, such a long movie title, but um, they, the VFX crew was were, were five people. No and way. All those five people did not go to school for VFX. They all learned VFX on YouTube videos. That's so sick. Yeah, and um, I think that was a uh, a breakthrough in the industry. I think that showed people like, oh we don't need to be hiring people who graduated from uh, full sale university yeah. anymore. Hire um, people based on the projects and the work they do, not what, so what, what mm -hmm. some institution says they did. I think soon portfolios are going to speak a lot louder than a degree on a paper. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So you're making these like, like, you know, blender or like fire <laughs> animations or whatever. Uh, how does that actually integrate into the videos that you're releasing? Or are you releasing just like, Hey, I made this little fire thing. Yeah, 10 second like CGI clips. Um, and then I do the breakdown videos. Oh, so you were doing tutorials too? Not, not tutorials, but they were like breakdowns where I show like the compositing of each step. Um, and then I made this one little film where I'm in the backyard with a M4 rifle and a jet comes and hovers. It's an F-35 jet, so it has like a helicopter hover. And then I shoot the plane and it blows up. And it's all like CGI composited into real video. That's so and sick. And I'm 10 years old and I'm doing all the animation of the jet and the fire and the Yeah, dude, and that's stuff. lit, bro. I don't know how to do any of that anymore, though. <laughs> I, I, I need to learn Blender again, but I, I just... It's crazy damn. how you pick it up so quickly, too. So you're putting these into your videos. You're creating this portfolio kind of like on YouTube, but you're not thinking about a portfolio. You're just like, this is kind of fun to do. Mm-hmm. How did like the YouTube stuff develop into high school? Yeah, so senior year was when all the stress hit. That was when all the senioritis came in. And I didn't know if I wanted to go to college. I didn't know that this was the first time in my life that I was thinking of career options. I was yeah. working at CVS and 
How's that? For two years. It was terrible. (laughs) I hated it. But I love that I hated it because I would think of so many ideas while I was behind that register, like just bored out of my mind. But I also didn't really have much time either because I was going to school five days a week and from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. And then I would go to work um, four days a week, something like that. And I would go after school until 11 p.m. So like my schedule was no time, no time at all. But sometimes I would write ideas at while I was at school. I would edit at school. I would write ideas while I was at work. I filmed a YouTube video while I was working at CVS. Like while I was on the clock, I filmed a video behind the register. It's called um, new camera Sony A6300, and then I just I filmed like the first two minutes at CVS. Wait, so is this this is like an unboxing video? Uh, that yeah, starts at CVS. <laughs> Yeah, I Wait. saved up three months to buy that camera. No way. Yeah, yeah. You you seem like a like you're really into the gear. Yeah, yeah. Is that the kind of videos that you were making like senior year? Were you getting I was into making, what? Like senior year, I was just making like vlogs. Yeah. What was um, on this? Was this a new YouTube channel from the one that you have? Then? Yeah. So this was a uh, Steezy Kane, the current one. Can you tell me like the iteration of your YouTube channels because you had a couple before? Yeah, so the, okay, the Blender one was my first one, but it was also a second one called iShep Productions. I was trying to make some, like, film production company, iShep Productions, but I don't know. Like, that's where I would upload all my Blender stuff. And then after that was Kane TV. And Kane TV, I wanted it to be a prank channel because I was so into pranks at that time. That was around when I was 14 years old. And I would watch Angry Picnic, That Was Epic, Big Doss, all of those people, uh, even Danny Duncan. And yeah, that, that's when I was watching all of those guys. And, and me and my friends were so, such a huge fr- fan of these pranks. Yeah, why did you like them? I, I, it was just funny. And it was, yeah. just, it was just the coolest shit to me to act the most ridiculous and get away with it. Because it was like a camera was like a safety net. I now have an excuse to go up and talk to girls. Even that that sounds that sounds creepy, but at the time, like these videos were so like it was such a great way to actually improve your confidence. And I think me being so insecure, this was finally a way for me to get out of my shell and actually talk to people. So me and my friends would film pranks at the park with an iPhone, and I would my were first video. Pranks, I, went yeah. up, I went up to girls and I asked them if they wanted a kiss. But it was a little pun where I give them a chocolate kiss. And it was like all my anxiety went away because I knew there was a camera on. So the camera was like a life hack. Like I can do whatever I want because I can tell these people, oh, it's just a prank. That's why I'm acting so weird. And then they think you're the coolest person ever. Oh, that's so cool. Blah, blah, blah. So I would never do this without a camera. But this made me get out of my shell very slowly. What was uh, what was the reaction to the, the kiss prank? It was always like, oh, you're so sweet. That's so funny. Oh, my God. It was always very positive. So me as a 14-year-old, I was like, this is the coolest shit ever. Oh, my God. So I just started making a lot of prank videos. And I would also upload skits on there as well. Just everything filmed on an iPhone. But you're making these prank channels, Kane TV. But it's not it's not doing too hot. Yeah, I'm I'm not really seeing it go anywhere again. I'm I'm young, so I'm like, I don't I don't see five years. Yeah. And um and then I stopped making videos. Why do you stop? Yeah, so I'm like fifteen, sixteen and I'm just not really doing anything. Then my parents just kind of like separate, not like fully divorced yet, but 
my dad's like not home at all. Yeah, what is that like? Because we've talked about your mom a lot, but I haven't really heard much about your dad. Uh huh. Yeah. So my dad, like around, yeah, around the age 15, he just kind of like left a little bit, but sometimes he'll come back. Uh, me as a 15 year old, I'm just like not really paying attention to it. You know, I'm just like, oh, it's whatever. Um, and then my mom and my dad start fighting a lot. And then eventually my dad gets arrested and my mom finds out that he was like out doing drugs. He was out cheating. One time he took me to the bus stop when I was 15. He had a hoodie on. He was shaking. He drove me to the bus stop. And I'm noticing that he's like weird. I just thought he was tired. I'm 15. So drugs aren't really in my head at all. So I get out of the car, go to the, go to school. And then when I come back, my mom, my grandma are all like sitting next to the TV watching the news. And they're trying not to show me. But I see that it's our car upside down in a creek. I don't know what drug he was on, but he just drove the car into a creek and went upside down. And then he went into the hospital. That was when I started noticing, oh, okay, my, my dad's doing a lot of drugs. And then, and then he gets arrested for possession of drugs and all of this stuff. Long story short, my mom divorces him um, and then he moves to What's Dallas. What's your perception of all of that, like as it's happening and as it's unfolding? Because like maybe it wasn't on your radar initially, but like you're kind of confronted with it, right? I've always kind of been good at kind of like shutting, flushing out my feelings and like just not really paying attention to it. So that's what I would usually do, which isn't the healthiest way because it kind of bottles up. I mean, I obviously got like really sad about it sometimes. I don't know. I was, I was pretty good at just kind of like not really paying attention to it, but that's not to say that it didn't affect me. It definitely did. How do you think it affected you? Made it harder for me to be friends with people or build relationships or trust people because I don't know. I saw somebody who like taught me how to edit and gave me all my passion and all of this. He kind of turned into a whole different person. I don't know for sure. You know, it's subconscious effects. But again, I was pretty good at just kind of ignoring it and not letting it affect me too much consciously. But of course, subconsciously, it 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 did something. But I'm <laughs> I'm not too sure of it. But yeah, my mom got really sad during this time, and she I saw her get really skinny, and. She was just so sad. So that part was also like really hard for me too. How did your brothers like handle it? For some reason, I don't really know. I just, I mean, we would talk about it sometimes, obviously. And I mean, sometimes like my dad got out of jail and then we'll like go eat with him and stuff like as a family. And then sometimes go to, we went to the skate park one time and we'll just hang out and stuff. And then he moves to Dallas, you know, now they're officially divorced and my mom found another guy that she's still with, which is awesome. Uh, they've been in a relationship for like seven years now. So that's that's really cool. I'm, I, I really love that guy because he makes my mom really happy. And then my dad went to Dallas and found another girl. And then, yeah, I mean, that's what that's what happened. When he like moved away, did you did you see him even less then? Yeah. I mean, I didn't really see him at all, really. Yeah, because he, he's in a whole new city and stuff. But, you know, sometimes we would text and... You know, he was like really proud of me about my whole YouTube and stuff. Yeah. So like with, with YouTube, you're, I mean, like I imagine that's, that sounds super, super hard, especially with like someone who taught you like so much with yeah, editing. I guess that's why I had a lot of mixed feelings about it. I was always super grateful for him. Like he he didn't have to take the time to sit down with me at the computer, teach me how to edit, teach me how to use Photoshop. But he did all of that when I was at a young age. Uh, but it's um, also like, we, like it's hard to, to like admit that. I mean, like initially, like, I, we, like we didn't talk about that at all. I, I didn't actually hear about your dad at all, like initially. And so it's like, I feel like it's like to segment those kinds of things because can, I mean, that's how you, I mean, that's how I cope too. Like I kind of like box things up and put them aside. Yeah, you know? I do that a lot. 
a lot. But yeah, and then um, I guess that kind of goes into junior year when I'm about like 16, 17. And I kind of know senior year is coming up and graduation is going to come up sooner or later. So I make a YouTube channel, Steezy Kane. Okay, so what idea behind that name? So basically, I made a lot of vines. Oh, you I were was, a viner. I, was, I, was a I didn't viner. know that. Do you have some success on Vine? Not really. I guess I had the most followers in my school. So I was seen as like the popular Viner guy, but nothing really crazy. I think like most views I've gotten was like 10K. Pretty solid. I guess so. And then Vine was going to shut down in 2016. So I texted one of my friends like, hey man, uh, can I come over? We need to make one last Vine. Like we need to make a really good <laughs> Vine. And he's like, yeah, come over. He's an hour bus ride away. So I'm riding the bus to him. And then he texts me like, yo man, I'm so sorry. I actually have to go to work, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, what the fuck? Why would you tell me you can come? I can come over if, you, if you're going to work? So then I, I get off at a bus stop like halfway through and I'm just like in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, okay, well, fuck, what am I going to do now? Like, I'm just here. I'm 16 at this time. I have no money. So then I decided like, you know what? YouTube has kind of been on my mind lately. I'm just going to vlog right now. So I pull out my phone and I start recording. It's my first video on Steezy Kane. It's called Stranded. And I just start filming. I film me skating around. I film me going to a park, trying to learn how to backflip. I'm doing water bottle flips and throwing my backpack. I don't know, random shit. But I'm making, I'm trying to make something out of nothing. And uh, that video has a million views. No freaking yeah, it, way. Obviously at the time it didn't get a million views. Yeah. But everybody comments like, how did this guy make waiting at the bus stop so entertaining? So when you, you, you edited that video down. Yeah. So And then, yeah, can you tell me about like the initial like editing and then release of that? Yeah, so I got home. I edited it on my phone on iMovie. Classic iMovie, yeah. dude. <laughs> and I was going to release this on Kane TV, but I was like, you know what? I need a fresh start. Um, so I vividly remember this. I went into my restroom. I looked at myself in the mirror, and I was like, what is your fucking name? Steezy is a popular slang word in skateboarding. Steezy means style and ease. So if somebody does a trick very effortlessly, you call that, oh, that was Steezy. And then Kane is my middle name. So I just thought like Steezy Kane put that together. And I was saying it over and over in the mirror because I'm a huge word guy. I, mean, I pay attention to how words sound and everything. I, I want to make sure this is something I'm going to use for years. And I remember thinking like, nah, that name's corny. <laughs> and then 20 minutes passed by and I'm like, I can't think of anything else. Fuck it. Steezy Kane made the YouTube channel uploaded the video, sent the link to my friends, and all my friends were like, yo, that was so good, oh my god, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, this is fucking crazy. So then from that time, I was like, I'm going to upload every week on Thursday, which I did for like the next seven videos. Shit, um, so you uh, you actually got into like uh, a role. Yeah, schedule, and then I just started filming whatever was happening. I bought an iPad to edit my videos on and I made a video of unboxing the iPad but I made it very entertaining and like just whenever I would go hang out with my friends I would vlog it post it on Thursday and were you getting views were you getting subscribers no, was no, it just no, but it was just no, yeah. no no I mean I was trying to because this time I know senior year is coming up I know graduation is coming up I'm like I need to make a career and the career was I want to do YouTube I've always wanted to do YouTube uh, you know, ever since I was little, I didn't really see it as a career. I didn't really see it as being possible. What made you see it as possible? I saw a video about the law of attraction. All right. What is that? So I saw a video. It's on the channel. You are creators. It's called use this and you'll never be the same. Very corny title, but I saw the video and it's about reaping and sowing or the law of attraction or manif 
manifesting or whatever you want to call it. But basically, for those of you who don't know, the law of attraction is the thought that anything you think about will become your reality. So if you think positive thoughts, you'll get positive results. If you think negative thoughts, you'll get negative results. It's just like planting a tree. If you plant a negative thought in your mind, it's going to grow. If you plant a positive thought in your mind, it's going to grow. I saw this video and I was like, this makes so much sense. I wasn't really too much into the spiritual aspect of it. How people usually say, oh, the universe and oh my God. But the, the realistic version of it, if you're thinking about losing weight all the time and you're really putting effort into thinking about it, you're subconsciously going to see more opportunities. You're going to see more gyms that you walk past. You know, when you want new shoes or you buy new shoes or you want a new car, you start seeing everybody wearing those shoes. You start seeing that car everywhere because your mind is focused on it. So same thing with things that you want in your life. You start paying attention to it it's going to come to you. Yeah. You know? That's kind of what we were talking about last time we met up, where it's like there's infinite stimuli all around you. Basically like infinite atoms. You, Your perception chooses to focus on a narrow spectrum of that information. And then even within that narrow spectrum, there's almost like infinite possibilities and in how you could view that same information. And so if you just choose to shape how you perceive then that becomes your reality because how you perceive is is actually what your reality becomes. And so what are some of these things that you're trying to attract then? So after the video said to write down a list of what you want and, and read it every morning. So I wrote down that I want a million subscribers. I know most of it was just focused on YouTube. Living in LA, I wanted to uh, be an actor, stuff like that. And I also commented on the YouTube video that I'm going to have a million subscribers in two years and I'm going to come back to this comment to prove that this works. Eventually, the replies of that comment were documenting my subscriber count. <laughs> I eventually got pinned on that video because the creator of the video saw that comment and was like, holy shit, this is crazy. So he pinned the comment. Eventually when I hit a million subscribers, I went back to it and, and I commented, just hit a mil, LOL. But how are you gonna survive in the meantime? Are you still thinking about college? Like what are you, what are you thinking your, your immediate next steps are? So senior year, that's when all the teachers are encouraging college. They're teaching us how to write college letters. They're teaching us how to get loans and stuff. And I was thinking about going to UT or Santa Monica College. But I knew deep down in my mind, I'm not going to get in. I have a 2.0 GPA. 2.0, yeah. shit. <laughs> I, 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 I was still writing college letters and stuff just to satisfy my teachers. But I knew subconsciously, like, there's no way I'm going to college. Um, and one of my teachers were really pushing me really hard to go to college. And she kind of was really hard on me because she kind of didn't like how I would always, like, blow off schoolwork. Um, and one time she even told me, like, Isaiah, what are you doing with your, your, your life? You're going to end up living under a bridge and all of this. And I was listening to her say that. And I was like, wow, she really said that. I'm going to remember that. I'm going to remember that. And I'm going to talk about it on podcasts in LA. Um, <laughs> when I have over a million subscribers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and yeah, I mean, there were, it was just kind of like college was everywhere. Graduation was everywhere. I was so stressed out. I was working at CVS. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I mean, I knew I wanted you do, to do YouTube, yeah. but like... But how do you make that happen? I know it's not going to happen this quick. It, it, there's no way it can. You know, I said two years because I wanted to be realistic. I don't think the law of attraction works if you say like, I'm going to hit a million subscribers in next week. You know, it's not going to work. It needs to be realistic in your mind. One of my friends from high school, he, he told me about a YouTuber in Austin. And he was like, hey, you should try to like message this guy. Joseph Costello in Austin, Texas. He's a really OG prankster. And... Um, I started messaging, messaging him on Instagram and all of this stuff. Eventually, after a while, he actually replied and followed me. Really? Yeah. And on YouTube? On Instagram. On Instagram, okay. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, okay, this is crazy. He has half a million subscribers. So I'm like, okay, this is, whoa. This guy's legit. Yeah. Like, yeah. We, we don't end up meeting up until like 
I don't know. We, he, he, I would text him, but he, some, he'll take really long to reply or like, and he's always in the location where I work at CVS at UT. So I'm always hoping that he's going to come into the store and we're going to talk and stuff. And New Year's comes, 2018 New Year's. And I'm sitting at the cash register, bored as hell, just thinking of like, well, what am I going to do? I have no friends to go hang out with. Like what? And then these um, group of sorority girls come in, all dressed up, ready to party. And because uh, I work at the CVS on campus. And then I was just so lonely that I just asked them while they were buying all this alcohol. I was like, hey, what party are you guys going to? I'm, I, I don't have any plans. I just need to go somewhere. And they were like, oh, we're going here. And then they give me the address. I skate over to the, to the party in my uniform. I go, I go there and I play beer pong and all of this. But I have somebody else drink for me because I was sober. And then... Eventually, it was just like, what am I doing here? I'm at a frat party. Was it? I didn't like the energy of all the drunk people, so I just leave. And it's like 11.30, almost about to hit New Year's. I'm going to go to 6th Street. 6th Street's a very popular part in Austin, and I know Joseph Costello's going to be there. This is when we could finally meet. I know 100% he's going to be there. So I get my skateboard. I, I skate 20 minutes to downtown. I'm looking for Joseph. Eventually, New Year's hits. I just do the New Year's thing with some strangers, and then I see Joseph. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I go up and I'm like, yo, Joseph. And he's like, hey, Steezy. And he knows my name. I'm like, holy shit, he knows my name. And he talk, he's drunk as fuck. But he talks to me for like 30 minutes. And he's like, dude, I believe in you. You remind me a lot about my younger self. We're going to link up. We're going to collaborate soon. And I go home so happy that day. I go home to my mom and I'm like, mom, I'm going to make it. And this was the night that I realized that these YouTubers are real people. These people live on the same earth as me. Like I can... I can do this just like they did it. We eventually collaborate. We go to a college campus another day and film a prank. He shouts me out. And, what was the prank? Uh, it was uh, spilling smoothies prank. Okay. So we were like bumping into people and spilling the smoothies all over ourselves and going like, yo, what the fuck? And he shouts me out and like, he's just, I'm hanging out with him like twice a week. Wow. I'm skipping school to go hang out with him sometimes. Because you're still in high school. Yeah. Shit. And, and he's like mentoring me and telling me like, you know all the YouTube hacks or like yeah. And when he shouts you out, are you getting like subs on your I channel? I got about a thousand subscribers. I was expecting more, but I think that was when I realized like that collaboration is more about what you learn from the other person, not from getting subscribers. You got to put in the work yourself. Um, I was expecting to get like thirty thousand. Yeah, it's like bam to yeah, the moon. I thought I was like gonna make it after that, yeah. but um, no. The what really was valuable was showing he, him showing me how he works, how he does stuff, how he gets brand deals. Oh, and then I quit my job at CVS. What actually made you quit your job? I knew I was quitting for YouTube 100%, but I put in my two weeks notice before I met up with Joseph Costello. So I put in my two weeks notice about a week before I met up with him. So it just kind of happened naturally. And I quit at the perfect time to where I had more time to hang out with him and go to campuses and film with him and everything. And he, well, he wasn't paying you or anything at this point, right? No, no, yeah. no. Are you helping him? Um, I'm helping him and he's helping me. So like it's like a mentor mentee relationship. I think he was giving me more value value, honestly. Yeah. Like Of he, course, yeah. And also in high school, there's this girl that I'm talking to. And this is the first girl that I'm ever talking to in my life, like flirting with her. I could tell she likes me, and I definitely like her. And we started hanging out a lot. But this is my first time talking to a girl, so I'm really I don't put in any I don't make any moves or anything. But we're hanging out after school and, you know, going to movies together and stuff. 
and I'm like in love. I'm like, this is the same time that I'm hanging out with Joseph and making videos and stuff, but I'm also like falling in love at the same time. And eventually, this is a roller coaster. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready but for it. it. I'm here it, for it. I'm buckled it, in, it, dude. It, it, it ties in. It ties in. <laughs> yeah. So eventually in February, I ask her out to prom. I, I, I could never see myself doing anything like this. I was always the guy who never talked to girls. I make a poster. I put her face on it. I, I, I make the word prom out of her face, which is creepy. <laughs> I mean, I cut her face out on Bro, pictures. And <laughs> what do you say cut her killer. face out? So it sounds like Hannibal Lecter. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's what I did. And um, the, the, the prom poster said, um, can I take youtube prom but the youtube was the youtube logo yeah with the be cut out so it was youtube prom so corny but everybody in the school knew that i did youtube and um so i thought that was like a cute way to ask her out yeah. to prom and i never pulled the trigger on asking her to be my you girlfriend you don't do it oh, no, 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 ask I, asked prom. Prom. Okay. I asked her to prom she said yes but uh, I just never pulled a trigger on like actually asking her to be my girlfriend and I'm realizing I'm hanging out with her too much. I need to be focusing on my career. I mean, this is a girl from high school. Like I'm when we graduate, she's going to go to a college. I'm don't know what I'm going to do. This is going to end when we graduate. Probably, you know, we're probably not going to see each other. So why am I putting time into her and vice versa? I also saw it for her. Like, why is she putting time into me? So I eventually told her like, Hey, I don't think we should be doing this. I'm still down to go to prom with you, but I think we should just be friends. She was like, okay, that makes sense. Um, she seemed cool with it. But then a week later, she starts dating her ex, which is a really popular guy in school, probably the most popular, really buff. He's like on these huge Texas soccer teams. And I got so heartbroken, bro. I know I was the one who, who ended things. Yeah. But I don't know. I, that was my first heartbreak and my only heartbreak. But um, I got so upset so sad and she also told me that she still was down to go to prom with me which made no sense and also Wait, so like she was dating this other guy she was dating another oh. guy and she's like no i still want to go to prom with you like wh why, why are you so mad and she's like yeah i'm dating him but like you asked me out to prom i'm gonna go with you oh. and i'm like what are you that made me even more mad i was like what that makes no fucking sense oh. so i'm just like heartbroken so rough dude and then this in high school is when i made I don't know. The heartbreak gave me so much fuel. I was like, fuck this shit. I'm yeah, channel the YouTube. dark energy, bro. So this is when I made my first song in public video. So I go to the college campus. I sing Mind by Bazzi in public. And this eventually goes off to be my most popular series. But yeah, I mean, I was just... The heartbreak is such a, a, a very important part to the story because if the heartbreak never happened, I don't think I would be as big as I am because... That is what gave me the fuel. And I see that a lot in people's stories, even Mark Zuckerberg, he made Facebook the night that his girlfriend broke up with him. And heartbreak just makes you want to like get revenge with success. You know, I think there's two routes you can go on a really traumatic experience. Um, even like a heartbreak. There's some people who can take the route of it, ruining them and blaming it for the rest of their lives. Like, Oh, I'm this way because of this. I'm this way because of that. And then there's the other route that you can go where you can use that as fuel and you can, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to fix myself. I'm going to fix the situation. I'm going to stop feeling like this. So how did you use it, dude? Like, like how, how did you actually channel that energy? I, I put it, I put it into my videos and I put it into Joseph, you know, I made my first song in public. Um, at the time I didn't really see the potential in it, but 
I was just like making videos over and over. Like I, I put out so many videos during that time and I, I could, f another thing like in school is like eventually um, the teacher started playing it on, uh, the teacher played it on a projector in class and the, I saw the class see me different after that. So I started telling their friends about it. The, eventually I became famous in the school. So I'm walking through the hallways and I'm getting called steezy by people I don't even talk to. Uh -huh. So I kind of got a little bit of fame feeling um, in high school. And whenever I put out a video, I can feel the reaction. I can see people going like, yo, that was a good video that you uploaded yesterday. And it was so such a great feeling every time. I was getting like 500 views a video. Nothing special, but... Since I have physical a physical audience, yeah, but like everyone, like every one of the five hundred people is like at school, yeah. and so they're like, it's yeah. like it's like palpable. Yeah, and I'm not exaggerating. Every single person in the school was watching my videos. I mean, <laughs> it was it was such a great feeling, and I kept reminding myself at close. Every time I got closer to graduation, I kept reminding myself, don't get too used to this. Don't get used to everybody calling you steezy because when you go out into the real world, all of this is going to go away. Um, for just for a little bit, even just to prove my ex wrong she's not really my ex because we never really like were officially dating but um every time i put out a video like i just always wanted to her to see it for her to see the energy that i'm getting yeah. you know walking in the hallways people calling me steezy and she's walking past too you know i'm like yeah yeah and then prom comes and i don't go with her i, I decide not to go with her mm. and then graduation comes joseph asks if I want to go to LA for a week and I'm like fuck yeah I have a little bit of money saved up from from CVS and by a little bit I mean $200 <laughs> so, that's that's a very little bit yeah. dude so I used $200 to buy the plane ticket Wait, and where's where's your YouTube channel at this point is it still like 2,000 know, subscribers 2,000 basically, basically nothing oh my God. It's, it's okay. not monetized uh, it was monetized but I was making like 50 cents a month yeah nothing, nothing. So then I buy the plane ticket with $200 and I'm broke now. So I ask my grandma for another $200. i am like, hey, I'm going to LA. Can I please have like $200? She gives it to me. I'm like, fuck yeah. Now I have a budget. I really thought $200 was going to be enough money for a week <laughs> in LA. Bro, I'm so dumb. So eventually I go to the airport with Joseph and another friend, Lorenzo. So I'm going with Joseph and Lorenzo. We fly to LA. We land and I'm wide-eyed i've always wanted to be here the weather's so good the sun is crazy the hills like yeah. just in another world we go we drive straight to hollywood boulevard and we start filming one of my videos and what's funny when we go to hollywood boulevard we park in the garage of this apartment which i didn't no way I didn't even know somebody pointed it out to me like hey the apartment that we are doing this recording in right now is the parking garage that i first parked in la so idea yeah, somebody told me that recently like yo you know this is the garage you parked at right i'm like is it whoa i didn't even know i lived here <laughs> Um, so we go there, we film, we film content like all over LA and blah, blah, blah. And we're staying at this guy's house. His name is, is Guy. Like that's his actual birth name uh, in Calabasas. He's so, so, I'm so thankful for him for letting us stay there. Eventually, his parents get mad and they kick us out. And now we're sleeping in the car for the rest of the trip. Me and Lorenzo. Uh, Joseph's staying somewhere else. Because um, Joseph, you know, he has half a million subscribers. He can afford. Yeah, he has money. Yeah. Um, so then I film the video that eventually blew me up in the future. But I jumped off a pier for a girl's number. And we filmed that video. I jump off. The lifeguard gets me, eventually lets me go. Then the girls invite us to a Malibu campfire that they were doing. So we drive over to Malibu. 
and we filmed that as well going up to meet up with them um super weird they were sleeping in tents and stuff they had a fire and everything their mom was so inviting and was giving us marshmallows and there was no way for us to shower and keep in mind i just jumped into a the ocean and i had to sleep smelling like sand very musty so me and lorenzo look up some stuff on reddit like places to shower in la for homeless people (laughs) (laughs) you guys are really living yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. and um so this one subreddit thing said that the ucla gym showers is a good spot so we did that went into the shower did a quick minute five shower five minute shower and got out and slept in the car again and yeah great memories i like honestly the low points were so fun i don't see i don't see this as part as depressing at all i loved this whole week so i fly back to austin i have no money so i'm looking for a job i applied to a security job and i'm feeling pretty low honestly because i feel like my la trip i didn't really get much out of it i'm still editing the videos why do you feel like you didn't get much out of it i posted the pure video on youtube didn't really get much traction yeah and i sent the video to world star as well one of my friends gave me a world star email so thankful for that they didn't really respond after a week so i'm like okay well fuck i, I just feel like i spent all my money on la for nothing so i'm looking for jobs um i look i found this security job I got an interview. I take the bus. Literally, I have five bucks in cash. I'd, I'd spend 250 on the bus to go downtown. So I'm already like almost out. I go to the interview. And I remember being in the interview, sitting down with this old ass guy. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm I'm getting another job. I'm like back security. to square one, dude. Yeah. And like you'd quit your CVS job so you could do YouTube. Ideally, you're blowing up by this point. But now it's like, fuck, like I'm basically getting... A CVS job again. Yeah. And I remember in the inter- middle of the interview, the guy asked me, like, do you really want this job? Tell me, tell me right now. If you say yes, I'll hire you right now. And I was, I was thinking in my head, no, I don't want this job. I don't like what I, I want to be security. But I, I said yes, because I knew I needed to. He's putting me in the system. I feel my phone vibrate. I pull out my phone and I get an email from Worldstar. Hey, we're posting your video. Um, uh, can you sign this contract? We're going to pay you 50 bucks for it. I signed the contract. And what was the contract? It was like a licensing contract okay. for the video. And then um, this whole interview, I'm just like waiting to get out. If I eventually get out. I'm hired now. And um, I'm waiting at the bus stop. And I spend my last 250 on the bus ride home. Also, the job told me that I have to buy my own boots and black pants and stuff. So I didn't even have enough money to start the job. <laughs> so... I go home, Worldstar posts me, they pay me $50, now I have money to start the job, and over the next two days, that video got so popular that I got 25,000 followers on Instagram overnight, and I have like- Overnight? Yeah. uh, Well, over two days. Yeah. Um, And I- now have an audience on Instagram. I have people texting me like, yo, you're crazy, blah, 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 love your content. They're going to my YouTube watching my content. And you have like a catalog of videos that people can actually watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was all like uphill from there. Then my YouTube channel went up to 10K. um, And then I upload Lucid Dreams in public, which was another song in public. My first video to get 100,000 views. I was like, whoa. 
Then I hit a hundred thousand subscribers. Shit. And how long? And, and how the, long was the holiday to take? The to hit a hundred thousand was like a week. Oh my god, yeah. a and week! Then, and then the Lucid Dreams video hit a million vi- views, which I was just like, "Whoa, what's happening?" I didn't have enough time to process. I don't remember how I felt, honestly. Three days after I hit a hundred thousand subscribers, I hit two hundred thousand subscribers. A few days after two hundred thousand, I hit three hundred thousand. A few days after that, I hit four hundred thousand. The whole month of September in two thousand eighteen was like hell, but in a good way. Yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> I honestly don't remember how I felt. Every day I was getting 30,000 subscribers. I just couldn't process everything. It was everything I've, I've ever wanted. Yeah, like your, the, the dream was coming true. Like this was the dream. Eventually it stops at 500,000 subscribers. And my my AdSense was also like going really high. Most money I've seen in my life. My first internet check was $17,000. Oh my <laughs> God. What? Yeah. Did, you, did, you and, quit, did you quit the security job? Uh Actually, no. I've never quit it. I think I'm still technically employed by them <laughs> because it's a it's a it's a work when you want job. You yeah, yeah. like, kind of like Uber. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I remember showing my mom like my my check, and she was like, she didn't believe it. She was like, "Are you sure you're reading that right?" Like, yes, son. You're not getting seventeen thousand dollars. It's not. It's not right. Like, because it you're, defies like logic, essentially. Yeah, like for making videos on the internet. You, yeah, like you've been doing this for like ten years. You think you're gonna make money suddenly now? Yeah, and at that time, dude, I was just like, now when I go out in public, people are recognizing me and calling me Steezy, and I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? This is just like school. And I told myself not to get used to this, but it's already happening in September. This is only like four months away from when I graduated. Yeah. So Joseph Costello, like. Like, are you telling him? Yeah, yeah, of course. And he's, like, proud of me. He's, like, I knew it was going to happen. The only thing is, when I blew up, when I went from 10,000 to 500,000 subscribers, I haven't uploaded a video. So now I had so much anxiety of, like, people are watching my next move. I don't know what I'm going to do. It was like I I was put on a stage, and they're waiting to see what I'm doing next. And then I upload a Q&A video. The worst thing I could have uploaded. But, um, I mean, it was all good, like... So much stress made me like choose a safe route, but eventually I start uploading more content. This is also when I post my first short film, The AirPod Curse, and I got my first apartment as well. Moved out, no, in Austin. It was like five minutes away from my parents' house, so it was still like close to home. Um, So yeah, now I'm like was paying for my own apartment. I got bought a car. I'm like living so independently now. I remember even the leasing office guy told me like congrats man i I, i've he he shook my hand and was like yeah i've never gave an apartment to an 18 year old before so congrats i was just like i felt like a boss you know and you're in charge of your life dude yeah then my checks slowly start going down in revenue how how does that look next month was ten thousand. next month was seven thousand next month was five thousand and then eventually youtube copyrights my whole channel wait okay oh yeah yeah so what Tell me about that day. So I was using copyrighted music in all my content. And, you know, I didn't I didn't really see how this would bite me in the ass in the future. But, you know, every single video was copyrighted now. Now that I was on the map, YouTube copyrighted like almost everything. Yeah. So that means you can't make any money from those videos. Yeah. So now each month my revenue was about a thousand, two thousand ish dollars. There was one month where I made five hundred dollars with a million subscribers. And I was paying for a 1600 apartment and I almost got evicted one month 
and um, I was like, "Holy shit!" You didn't have any money left, or rough. Yes. I, you know, when I made five hundred dollars that one month, I just couldn't afford rent. Thankfully, I did a brand deal with Corology, but I also didn't know how to do brand deals. So I so also did, did you, it for very did you cheap. literally spend all of like that seventeen thousand, that ten thousand dollar check? Did you spend all of it? I don't know where it went, man. Like everybody's <laughs> first checks always get like people just spend it. And, you know, eventually like I got good with money. But like, you know, when when you get, I don't know, an eight, when you give an 18 year old that money, um, I honestly cannot tell you where it went. I don't, I don't, I didn't spend money on anything crazy. You know, I was just like, damn, I have a million subscribers and I'm broke. I can't even afford a filmer. That's um, crazy. And I eventually met this guy, Dennis, and he started filming my videos and he was like, yeah, man, don't pay me. Money's not a problem for me. I imagine when you were thinking of this life as a YouTuber, you were imagining the, the subscribers a little bit, but also like probably the lifestyle that comes with it too. And, uh, and so how are you thinking about achieving a little bit uh, closer to, I guess, like the financial security that you wanted? Doing YouTube at this point, I'm like making pranks and I'm making vlogs, not really too crazy of content. Every now and then I would make a film, which I'm really proud of. I'll write a screenplay and have production dates and like edit it and treat it like it's an actual film, which those projects I'm very proud of. But these films and these, I mean, these vlogs and these pranks that are in between them that I kind of make in the meantime, I mean, I like that content too, but at the time it just wasn't really too crazy, you know? And I was talking to a couple of my friends that would help me out with my videos sometimes. And I was like, hey guys, I want to build a team. I want you guys to help me produce, help me brainstorm ideas and let's move to LA. So they agreed, thankfully. So you moved from Austin to LA. From Austin to LA, which is reverse of what people are doing now. Yeah. And I'm like finally paying them like a reasonable amount, enough to afford rent in LA. And I mean, it's like neck and neck with my income. So, but I'm like, okay, this is what I need to do. I need to pay these guys really well. Eventually this is going to pay off. Spoiler alert, the next year doesn't really pay off. Um, every month is neck to neck. Why not? Um... The content doesn't get crazy. We moved in the peak of COVID, so everything's shut down. There's no people outside, and it was just hard to film. We were only filming vlogs of road trips of just us going to places. So that year was really, really rough. Not really too much money and not no crazy content. Do you remember like a, a point where you were like during that year where you're just like, like was there like a moment where you were just like, ah, this is not working? The whole year. <laughs> That was probably like my roughest year for sure. Eventually, after about six months of moving to LA, it was almost close to New Year's again uh, for 2021. And my team, the two people that I moved out with, uh, confronted me and they were like, hey man, we're not growing at all. What are we doing? They were really mad. They were like, if we don't like- Like you know, growing at all as in like we're gonna move personally, across, as in the channel. Like financially like... and like views and stuff, because that's what I wanted to move out for with them i was like i want to be big i want to be like like a huge youtuber making lots of money and stuff and i just don't know why we never really got to the point we're getting brand deals now uh adsense a little bit merch was doing pretty well but also like the money just always kept coming neck and neck every month income and expenses one of the guys on the team was like hey we got to just like take a road trip 
you know, let's 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 put work aside for now. These next five days, let's just go to Yosemite, spend time together in a cabin, and we need to focus on finding our passion together and also becoming closer and like being more of a team. So I was like, that's a good idea. Let's do that. Let's drop everything. Not think about anything. We deleted all social media, went to Yosemite, and just spent time together. And that was a really cool moment. Um, I think that was very important. It was a very good cleanse uh, for me and them. But at this time, um, I looked at my bank account and I was like, damn, I'm pretty broke. I can't even afford to pay them. I was stressing on this trip, even though this trip was meant to cleanse, you know? So I start, I was like, okay, I started looking at my options. Okay, I have a thousand dollar credit card and I can maybe do some stuff with that. But, you know, I shouldn't max out, max out my credit card, which I did. I had to, but still that wasn't enough. So I was like, okay, I need to take out a loan, which also isn't a good idea, but fuck it. It's the only thing that I can do to pay these people. And eventually we go to a forest and we spend time alone to journal and stuff. And while I'm alone journaling in this silent forest, I'm also on my phone talking with a loan broker. And I'm like, he's telling me that he can do the loan for about $14,000. And then I sign the contract and I get alone, alone in the forest. Uh, and it was pretty beautiful because I was like, okay, this is going to, this is going to, this is going to work. I'm going to go back to LA with this $14,000, pay them, put all the money into making content. And uh, spoiler alert again, nothing crazy happens. And now I'm in debt paying back a loan, which is weird that I have a, 3 million subscribers at this point paying back a loan, still not being able to afford much stuff. It's insane. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really insane. What were your like expenses and income at that point? Paying them and paying rent and then paying for videos. You know, I would always kind of put a lot of money into my videos to make them good. But still, like, I mean, AdSense wasn't really too crazy. My CPM was, like, pretty low. Brand deals were really saving me and merch. Also, I just felt so creatively, like, blocked with these people, with this team. This team was really good. They organized my stuff very well on Notion and everything. But also, like, having task lists and having, like, you know reporting and meetings and all this stuff felt so corporate and it just wasn't fun anymore. I'm so grateful for going through this period because this is when I realized like I'm not a businessman. I'm an artist. I need to work on my stuff by myself. They're forcing me to get editors and stuff, which I eventually did. And then editing, having an editor just took out so much creative creativity. Yeah, out for dude, me. you're like a brilliant editor, right? Like that's like where a lot of your content or a good portion of your creativity shines. Yeah. And then, and then I, I hired this editor, had to move out to LA. Now I'm paying for these two employees and an editor to live in an apartment in LA separate from me. It's so much money going out from me. I'm paying these people like, two times more than I'm paying myself. And I noticed having an editor made me get real lazy with the videos. There's a lot of communication that gets lost when you have somebody else edit. It's not really yours anymore. So now I'm just making all this safe content. You know, I, I can't really make anything crazy. But then I realized, okay, editing is my paintbrush. That's what makes my art great. I need to get rid of this editor. I need to get rid of these employees. I need to be by myself. So 2022 comes. And I'm like so low now. Everybody's gone. I'm by myself, which is good. You need to be lonely to create something great. And I'm just in my room depressed watching TV shows. I'm not watching TV shows because I'm bored or anything. I'm watching TV shows to get inspiration. 
And I'm just like, I have a whiteboard and I'm writing down every show that I like. I'm writing down every movie I like. I'm writing down vocabulary that inspires me, like Gonzo Journalism with Hunter Thompson, um, mockumentaries, uh, Cinema Verte. I'm looking at all these definitions of what these types of filmmaking looks like. And I'm like, I don't want to make any more pranks, no more vlogs. I want to make art on YouTube. I want to treat my YouTube channel as a TV show. So I'm kind of like doing this investigation board type thing, putting all these red strings together, trying to figure out what am I going to make? Yeah. Tell me about the first one. How did you find that balance? And can you tell me maybe a little bit about that video that, that really felt like it struck a balance? With this new content, you know, the first video that I made for this new format was I opened up a free gas station. I looked up like if anybody has made a video with free gas, nobody really surprisingly has done it, which was crazy because gas prices through the roof. Through the yeah. roof. So I'm like, okay, this is a great topic to make a video about. And with this new content, I'm like, you know, it's not a prank. It's not like a quick, easy go out on the street, mess with people, get reactions. This this new format relies heavily on the writing. I write the whole video before I make it. And if anything crazy happens that's not written, that's good. If when things go wrong in this content, that helps the video. That's another cool thing. If I'm filming a prank or a vlog and something goes wrong, then I have to find a way around it. It's annoying. But for this new content, like, you know, I open up a free gas station in an ice cream parking lot and the ice cream owner's kicking us out. It becomes part of the story. Another thing with creators, Emma Chamberlain said this, that being a YouTube creator, it's never ending. You got to upload. When you upload, you got to think of the next video, next week, next week, next week, next week. With this new content, I'm taking my time uploading once a month, but also I know that I'm going to stop sometime. That's why I like eventually on the 10th episode, I'm going to stop, take six month break, then work on the next season. Yeah. So I think we like talked a little, I mean, we kind of talked a little bit about where you are now what you're looking forward to the future. But looking back at the, like this whole story, um, what advice do you think you would have given yourself at the beginning of this journey? What advice would you give yourself to maybe like creators that are at the start of theirs um, to make the, the road a little less bumpy, a little bit more fruitful? Um, what advice would you give? When, when starting out and making content, you need to take a really long, like, really long look at yourself and ask yourself, do you want to be doing this? Like money, take that out of the equation. Fame, take it out of the equation. How would you feel doing this like five years from now? And are you going to like it? Dude, so the person listening to this right now, if you are in it and you're in it for a few years, you're going to eventually build a loathing for it. You're going to hate it. And that's why it's so important to do what you love. And I think what I love is film. So I made a mistake going into the prank route when I really love film. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, rate the podcast five stars, and share with a friend. If you have any questions or comments, DM us at Finding Founders Podcast on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook. Finding Founders is produced and hosted by me, Samuel Donner. Our chief of staff and operations is Jessica Lynn. Our audio editing team lead is Adrian Tapia. Support from Irene Van Berkel, Matt Fernandez, May Buchanan, Sophia Donner, David Saidi, Ashley Jimenez, Nicholas Guzman, Aaron Devereaux, Sanessa Gisley, and Lois Choi. Our outreach and research lead is Kenny Ong. With support from Sarah Hobson, Cherise Tan, Harushi Kanauchi. 
Kristen Hagelin, Aya Cortez, and Valencia Lou. Our writing team lead is Elizabeth Bowen with support from Aiden Ashworth, Nikki Mikawa, Sylvie Wong, and Eric Mena. Our design team lead is Shruti Ramanand with support from Tiffany Dang, Yao Liu, and Dina Gabriel. See more of what we're up to, subscribe to our newsletter at findingfounders.co. Thanks again for listening and see you next week. Thank you.